You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, this is Tim Rice, and this is episode 69 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud. If you are listening to this podcast at the beginning of 2023, I wish to inform you that I've just reached the milestone of 78. Years old, that is. A lot of birthday numbers, the actual numbers themselves, have significance to me, and I'm sure to you, beyond their mere numerical value. Recently, for me, 76 trombones, 77 sunset strip, 78 RPM, revolutions per minute. Unless you're more or less that sort of age yourself, a reference to revs per minute may not immediately strike a chord. But the most senior among you will have thought immediately, yes, 78 RPM. That's the speed at which gramophone records revolved for the first half of the 20th century. And indeed they did. Finally, grinding to a halt in the marketplace, they dominated since around 1910, which was when cylinders finally threw in the towel and gave into flat discs. But by the late 1940s, 78's days were numbered by the introduction of the 33 revs per minute long-playing record, or LP, and more fatally and speedily by the 45 revs per minute 7-inch single, which was the dominant cultural force within the younger generation, teens and twenties, for the best part of three decades. Both these usurpers of the 78's crown were lighter, had much better quality sound reproduction, allegedly, had room for much longer pieces of music. No longer would a symphony or musical theatre cast recording had to be broken down into five-minute chunks. And of course, they were virtually unbreakable. At least, British 45s were pretty sturdy. The first American ones I came across in the mid-60s were not so robust. Despite these advantages, it took a while for the 78s to die, mainly because you needed a brand new machine to play anything at any other speed. Until 1956, the Rice family's only record player was an ancient wind-up phonograph or gramophone 
that had belonged to Great Aunt Gertie, which meant that my first forays into the record-buying world were at that old-fashioned speed, even though many of that year's hits were available at a more gentle rotation and in a less fragile format. Inevitably, one or two of my cherished purchases perished prematurely. I still shudder remembering that cracking sound when my friend Ian's younger sister sat on Diana. Paul Anker's number one hit, Diana, that is. Great Aunt Gertie also bequeathed us her collection of 78s, which had been built up during the 1930s and 1940s. One or two classical recordings, to which I'm afraid my brothers and I never gave the time of day, and quite a good selection of pre-World War II novelty songs, such as Barnacle Bill the Sailor, unfortunately the version with clean lyrics, and my personal favourite, W.H. Berry singing Not Old Enough to Be Old, which was one of the eight records I chose when I did Desert Island Discs for the BBC with Sue Lawley in 2004. Still available via BBC Sounds, I understand. But even Barnacle Bill had to take second place to the pop charts of 1957, as far as our wind-up gramophone was concerned. Right here, right now, in the hands of Hoagy Carmichael and his orchestra, he doesn't have to. Who's that knocking at my door? Who's that knocking at my door? Who's that knocking at my door? Cried the fair young maiden. It's only me from over the sea. I'm all lit up like a Christmas tree. I'll sail the seas until I croak. I'll fight and swear and drink and smoke, but I can't swim a bloody stroke. Hoagie Carmichael and his orchestra, with one of literally dozens of recordings of Barnacle Bill the Sailor, some, like that one, fairly clean, 
one of my great-aunt Gertie's Desert Island Discs. The first 78 I ever bought was by Britain's first rock and roller, Tommy Steele, his cover of Guy Mitchell's American No. 1, Singing the Blues. Both versions made number one in the UK, but to this day, I prefer Tommy's genuine rock and roll feel to Guy's fine but more conventional treatment. I played Sir Tom's version in Get Onto My Cloud episode 41, so may I suggest you log into that as soon as you finish with this episode. Instead, here's the second 78 I can remember buying from the record shop in St. Albans, another UK number one, Frankie Vaughan's Garden of Eden. When you walk in the garden, in the Garden of Eden, with a beautiful woman, and you know how you care, and a voice in the garden, in the Garden of Eden, tells you she is forbidden, can you leave her there? When you yearn in for loving, and she touches your With a beautiful woman And you know how you care And a voice in the garden In the garden of Eden Tells you she is forbidden Can you leave her there? Frankie Vaughan singing The Garden of Eden, which was one of my most prized 78 RPM records. The song was originally recorded by Joe Valino in the United States and was a number 12 hit there, Joe's only successful recording. The song, written by Denise Norwood, who also wrote Skinny Minnie for Teresa Brewer, and not much else as far as I can tell. Frankie was, of course, one of the UK's most successful male vocalists and recording stars, of the 50s and 60s. He enjoyed a second number one with the Burt Bacharach Bob Hilliard song Tower of Strength in 1961. He was also an actor whose film career included a role opposite Marilyn Monroe in Let's Make Love. I also had another of his big UK hits, 
Gotta Have Something in the Bank, Frank, by Frankie Vaughan and the K-Sisters, on 78. The Phillips label, Frankie's label, were the last of the major labels to commit to 45 RPM. But in the end, despite Tony Watkins and friends on the school bus home telling me that 45s would never catch on because the triangle in the middle would break loose, my brothers and I deserted the noble 78s. Our parents' record player was simply too good to ignore, and by the end of 1957, 45s ruled the roost. One of the first 45s I recall adding to our modest collection was one of the true classics of the early rock era. My Love is Bigger Than a Cadillac. Brilliant. Buddy Holly and the Crickets. And that was just the B-side. B-sides, or flip sides, were a crucial factor to consider when one was about to spend three weeks pocket money on just one single. An investment of six shillings and eightpence meant each great track only cost three shillings and fourpence if the flip side was good too. Of course, we young pop fans only had limited access to the home gramophone as my parents began their own record collection, largely consisting of movie soundtracks and original cast albums of stage musicals, both West End and Broadway, and they liked playing them, selfishly. They also had quite a bit of Gilbert and Sullivan and the odd classical LP, also albums by singers we regarded as rather square, such as Frank Sinatra. However, as it would have only taken about 25 minutes to have got through our entire record library, we would often investigate the older generation's clearly antiquated tastes, and almost as often, I liked what I heard. Notably, the great musical scores of the 1940s and 1950s, 
Rogers and Hammerstein above all, Oklahoma, The King and I, South Pacific, Carousel. The Sound of Music, perhaps their greatest, arrived a little later. Lerner and Lowe, creators of perhaps my favourite musical of all time, My Fair Lady, and Cole Porter, High Society, and quite a few more. I guess it's fairly obvious that these great scores and songs influenced me, or anyway, made as great an impact upon me as the pop and rock songs in the charts did. I just didn't notice that at the time, as my obsession with Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, the Everly Brothers, and a little later, British rockers such as Cliff Richard and the Shadows, Marty Wilde and Billy Fury, dominated my teenage leisure hours with brothers and friends. But I find that hearing today any of those great numbers from my parents' 33 RPM LPs, or albums as we soon began to call them, takes me back to my teenage years as surely as Elvis and company do. The strange thing was that I had very little desire to see the actual shows or films that featured these marvellous scores. I never saw any of the Rodgers and Hammerstein classics until the 70s or 80s, and to this day have never seen a professional production of Bernstein and Sondheim's West Side Story, though I saw the original movie in 1963. I was first and foremost a vinyl junkie, and looking at the labels and sleeves was satisfaction enough. The record numbers, bewildering credits in brackets under the song title, the artwork, the music publishers, all as fascinating as the actual sounds. I guess if we lived in London, I would have seen one or two of the stage shows. We did have a family excursion to My Fair Lady at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane in 1958 with the magical original cast of Julie Andrews and Rex Harrison, and I'd seen Julian Slade's British hit Salad Days a year or two before, but that was about it. It was the funny songs that grabbed me most of all, even if I didn't get every aspect of the humour and messages of the song, such as I'm Getting Married in the Morning or G. Officer Krupke. I certainly didn't appreciate every aspect of every message that W.S. Gilbert was attempting to impart at the end of the 19th century. But if the words flowed and the rhymes were perfect, I was hooked. And the same applied to the rock and roll lyrics I loved best. Buddy Holly, Eddie Cochran, Chuck Berry, Felice and Boodle O'Brien. The images conjured up by Bird Dog, Maybelline, Summertime Blues, or Not Fade Away, were sometimes obscure, but always irresistible. Johnny is a joker He's a bird A very funny joker He's a bird But when he jokes my honey He's a dog His joking ain't so funny What a dog Johnny is a joker That's a trying to steal my baby He's a bird dog Johnny sings a love song Like a bird Sings the sweetest love song You ever heard But when he sings to my gal What a howl just a wolf dog on the prowl Donna wants to fly away and puppy love my baby He's a bird dog Hey bird dog, get away from my quail Hey bird dog, you're on the wrong trail Bird dog, you better leave my lovely dove alone Hey bird dog, get away from my chick Hey bird dog, you better get away quick Bird. He tiptoed up to reach her He's a bird Well, he's a teacher's pet now 
he's a dog What he wants he can get now What a dog He even made the teacher let him sit next to my baby He's a bird dog Hey bird dog, get away from my quail Hey bird dog, you're on the wrong trail Bird dog, you better leave my lovely love Ah, Don and Phil at American High School in early 1958. I wasn't too sure what was going on, but it sounded exhilarating. But when he sings to my girl, what a howl. To me, he's just a wolf dog on the prowl. I don't recall anyone kissing the teacher in St. Albans. And in 1957, I never understood all the references in this marvelous number from the West Side Story Broadway cast album. Didn't stop me loving it. Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand It's just our bringing up key that gets us out of hand Our mothers all our junkies, our fathers all our drunks Golly Moses, naturally we're punks Gee, Officer Krupke, we're very upset We never had the love that every child ought to get We ain't no delinquents, we're misunderstood Deep down inside us there is good There is good There is good, there is good, there is untapped That's a touching good story. Let me tell it to the world. Just tell it to the judge. Come on, dear, kindly judge, your honor. My parents treat me rough. With all the marijuana, they won't give me a puff. They didn't want to have me, but somehow I was had. Leaping lizards, that's why I'm so bad. Right, Officer Krupke, you're really a square. This boy don't need a judge, he needs an analyst's care. It's just his neurosis that ought to be claimed. He's psychologically disturbed. I'm disturbed. We're disturbed, we're disturbed, we're the most disturbed. Like we're psychologically disturbed. Hear ye, hear ye, in the opinion of this court, this child is depraved on account of he ain't had a normal home. Hey, I'm depraved on account I'm deprived. So take him to a head shrinker. Come on, My father is a bastard, my ma's an SOB. My grandpa's always plastered, my grandma pushes tea. My sister wears a mustache, my brother wears a dress. Goodness gracious, that's why I'm a mess. Yes, Officer Krupke, you're really a slob. This boy don't need a doctor, just a good honest job. Society's played him a terrible trick. And sociologically, he's sick. I am sick. We are sick. We are sick. We are sick, sick, sick. Like we're sociologically sick. In my opinion, this child does not need to have his head shrunk at all. 
juvenile delinquency is purely a social disease. Hey, I got a social disease. So take him to a social worker. Social worker, yes! Dear kindly social worker, they say go earn some dough. Like be a soda jerker, which means like be a schmo. It's not I'm anti-social, I'm only anti-work. Glory, Oski, that's why I'm a jerk. Hey, Officer Krupke, you've done it again. This boy don't need a job, he needs a year in the pen. It ain't just a question of misunderstood. Deep down inside him, he's no good. I'm no good. We're no good, we're no good. The trouble is he's lazy. The trouble is he drinks. The trouble is he's crazy. The trouble is he stinks. The trouble is he's growing. The trouble is he's grown. Crumpy, we got troubles of our own. Gee, Officer Crumpy, we're down on our knees. Cause no one wants a fellow with a social disease. Gee, Officer Crumpy, what are we to do? Leonard Bernstein's music and Stephen Sondheim's lyrics combining with lethally brilliant effect, as they did throughout the sensational West Side Story score. Just one of the recordings I was inspired to dig out again after reaching the dread milestone of 78, as in revs per minute. In different ways, many of these wonderful pieces of music, and plenty of others in our household in the late 50s, whatever speed they revolved at, were responsible for my eventual good fortune in the music, film, and theater business. Without them, I would never have got an Argentine dictator's wife, nor a warthog with wind problems, into the bestsellers. Hakuna Matata. That was episode 69 of my podcast, Get Onto My Cloud, written and presented by me, Tim Rice, and produced with youthful enthusiasm by Peter Hobbs. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor, and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.